Welcome to this week's episode of Handcut Radio. I'm Alex Fetkovic and I'm joined by two of the most interesting independent minds in British menswear, Tony Sylvester and Scott Fraser-Simpson. Uh, Tony is a musician and writer and content creator for the modern British tailoring house Timothy Everest and Scott is a vintage collector, DJ and designer. Uh, he designs for his own menswear label, Scott Fraser Collection. Uh, we sat down to explore how subcultures influence modern menswear and to discuss how to develop and get comfortable with your personal style. Here's what happened. But, but, but that's kind of what I would like to try and get to in the next yeah. hour, because I think that there will be guys listening to this who are hopefully, like us, super, super geeky, super into clothes, absolutely live and breathe them. And then there might be some guys just starting out on their, on their menswear journey yeah. that, that look at your profiles or your collection, Scott, or you know, the, the way that you dress and comport yourselves and kind of go, well, ha- I, I could never put this and this together or I have no idea what that piece is or mm-hmm. and there's a willingness to learn and to experiment but also probably a little bit of, of, tim- of timidity too mm. so where did you guys both where do your kind of clothing journeys start like when where did the love of clothes emerge from did music come first and inform clothes or Tony I think age age before beauty joking you go first um <clears throat> I think that when I grew up, at the time I grew up, the two things were completely inseparable. It was like because to be a music fan media, you had to demonstrate, you know, you had to skin in the game. You had to demonstrate that you were a music fan. So it was so it was of whatever it is, whatever subgenre that was. So therefore, it was like they were they were one on the same. Mm. Where, where you, what clubs you went to, what pubs you went to, what you wore and what you listened to were were of the same kind of strand. Yeah. And so you would get that whole, if you if you look at the kind of lyrical concerns, especially of like the subcultures that I was into and like hardcore and, and not so much what I was into, but metal. So that concept of the poser was mm-hmm. always like, the, like, the thing, oh, he, he's a poser, he doesn't get it. Anyone who wore the stuff without having the knowledge to like back up the fact that that's what they were into. Of it, yeah. That was it. Yeah. And also <laughs> then it was just like growing up in sort of suburbia, London suburbia it was like the only thing that was important was who you ran around with what your subculture was and that I know this is a little bit older than me this is but this is what I was observing as like a seven eight nine ten year old Mm. seeing the teenagers and how much friction and how much you know trouble this caused you know but you had certain places to go and you didn't go there you had certain things you wore and you didn't wear that and there were certain even came down to like the plague playground where you stood in the playground right you know it was everything yeah you know. so so all of a sudden so really from a really really young age you're kind of being ex- exposed to clothes and different clothing influences through music and through subculture yeah and i've got two older sisters so that's what that's about so i've got two sisters who are six and eight years older than me one of them the older one is like an art student punk goth that kind of thing and then the next i mean the other one is a skinhead mm. and a soul girl so it's kind of like my music my formative tastes are really based upon a sort of combination of just like my dad, which of course he's, he was always cared about clothes and stuff. It's not necessarily like, but as I got into vintage, I would my first piece of vintage were things I've robbed off him. Right. Um, and then having two older sisters who were very much like involved in that, you know, that's who I'm saying when I'm saying observing the problems they were having within their social groups based on, you know, yeah, whatever, it whatever it was, the politics of that, politics of subcultures. So, so how does the how does the the kind of the the Tony that can absolutely rock a beautiful bespoke suit, mm. and the kind of hardcore Tony <laughs> or the vintage Tony? <laughs> how do all these 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 different parts of your wardrobe and your different influences kind of sit today? Because well, I I I, I, I I I honestly can't tell you. All I know is that there is a point where it just clicked. I think I think. Wouldn't you realise that like you're not doing the same thing as everyone else, and that's and that's a bit odd, and that get, and that's an insecurity for you, and maybe as I said, that kind of imposter syndrome definitely I think carries on. The only thing I ever first felt was mine was hardcore, and that came through skating, and everything up until then had felt like I was liking these things that are a remove and at a reserve, and that was based again on being in the suburbs, mm. and also they're not really feeling like there was much around that I related to. So it was just like, of course, I was looking back to punk, which seemed a lifetime ago. At this time, it was only you know a decade before, mm. but seemed like you know a different world, or like 
skinhead or mod culture or you know everything all of this stuff seemed so so far so then skating and then hardcore through that was contemporary and it was me and it was something I could own and was mine and also wasn't my sister's influences wasn't any of that stuff it was mine yeah so I think that's and so once you've kind of got that sort of um, ballast or something then you kind of start moving forward kind of on your own sort of path but always with that kind of sense of of yourself finally and then and then and then and then as you kind of get more confident and you get older i think that kind of stays with you yeah and then there's a point where you realize well you're more individual than that and you have your own tastes and somehow how you lock things together and dovetail things is 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 the thing that makes it work yeah and whereas for ages you don't think that's the reason you think it doesn't work and everyone's looking at you like you're doing it wrong Mm. there's a point where you're like well no i'm 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 doing doing it right you know yeah you do you babe (laughs) <laughs> hey, well you see yeah, I didn't need to say true. anything you just summed it up just in summed six up words. Words. yeah we do that now but, but <laughs> I think it, it, one of the things that again puzzles me is if you if I guess if you look at if you look at the the kind of younger generation of guys that are into menswear today yeah. like perhaps myself or Scott you know I think our influences again are primarily dri- drawn from the past and from mm. for me it's the 30s through to the 50s for mm. Scott I think you're yeah, sort of, yeah. you're, no I mean it's very much <clears> so, yeah there's always the, there is always a rooting. It's, well, I've always had a rooting with with the past mm. and an interest and a sort of yearning to understand just and the whole aesthetic and lifestyle of it. Not to replicate. I mean, not so much now, but before. You know, I had a, a lot more of a a feeling of wanting to sort of uh, yeah mirror this life that came not mm. in a kind of. Um, in like a sort of revivalist sort of way where no. I'm using a 60s toaster or something like that. But but yeah. I've always had an interest in, yeah. Like, just just like channeling, I, I guess, a perceived sense of cool, isn't it? it yeah, is. or like this sort of essence. Yeah, you take that essence and you kind of go... It's a nostalgic sort of thing that you don't really have much reference to, but you, you go in search of that story in some mm. way. And I have always had that. But here's, here's the twist here today, is I think if I look at a lot of kind of cultural movements in London today oh. and actually they seem to me at least to be quite divorced from from clothing mm. so where does a guy who's just getting into clothes today sort of start you know it's something I've been thinking about is <clears throat> is it still to kind of go back to the go back to the menswear rules and learn about how to pay your shirt and your tie and mm. learn about the classics first and look at style icons or is there you know, if you look at like you know hipster culture mm. in inverted commas, for example, that that to me at least, and this could be coming from a position of of ignorance, is is almost the antithesis of caring about your clothing. You know, mm. you're you're not supposed to care about clothes. Mm. You might wear cool stuff and put cool stuff together, but it, but it has that. Oh no, I don't, I'm not into clothes. So, yeah, well, mm. yeah, that kind of not giving a shit vibe. Yeah, yeah. It's such a kind of faux nonchalance. It's just like it's so overly. Yeah, it contrived, and, that, and that's yeah. that's the funny thing is the more information there is, and the more accessible, and the more instant everything is, the more I think everyone looks the same. Yeah, and, yeah, and that's yeah, the yeah. ultimate the, totally. I mean, the same thing, and it's just like every tattooer you talk to, they say, you know, everyone comes in with the same Pinterest. You know, if it's basically on page one of Google, whenever you put a yeah. in, that's what people come in and it's want. And depth, I think menswear yeah. is the same. I think if you look up <laughs> Spreads Daughter or you look up Pitty, oh, Lord. or you look up, you know, it's just like you're going to see the same 10, yeah. same 20 pictures. Totally. Yeah. So it's just like, that's it becomes all, you know, it's just like, and I think that is, that's the problem. Yeah. You know, there's probably 40 million searches for the word Pity. Yeah, but and actually, only see this, you can kind 10. of only learn so much if you're just getting into clothes. Yeah. Doing. yeah, yeah, and I think I think interesting what Tony was saying about sort of growing up in a in a quite a kind of subcultural uh, sort of scene. Mm. There isn't, I don't think, that many subcultures left. I think there, oh, yeah. well, there hasn't been a subcultural for for years, really. It, you know, on like a, I mean, I way. think I've, but, I not in the same way, and that's the difference. It's just like it's, I'm always, I'm always, I think. I'm, I'm always trying to like not be. I've definitely spent my twenties thinking that everything, yeah, everyone, everyone's doing shit. It's not as good as the way I did it, or my mates did it, or the people before me did it. Rubbish. Yeah. And there's a point I think where you just kind of have to sort of think you have to realize. And I think it's also once you've invested, um, 
not only the cultural hours, you know, the kind of like the input, but also the money in things to mm. like collect rare records and to mm. find old cards and just the effort. Once you realize that that's kind of, that's not really important anymore. Everything's there and available instantly. Yeah. You kind of have to change the way that you, what you think is important and the way that you've done it. It's yeah. almost like, because it undermines the way you did it. Yeah. You, you know, of course you think, these pesky kids, they don't know what it's like to have to do mail order and not just go online and, yeah. you know, not Bible find, not find things and blah, yeah. blah, blah. But there's a point you go, okay, well, if that is the case. Yeah. What is it about me that's, not viable on, yeah, yeah. on yeah, Google, yeah, yeah. You have whatever yourself, it is. Yeah. You know, what is it about the way mm. that I'm approaching this? It isn't a, a, a obtainable to someone else. What is it about me and my style or my, you know, whatever it is that, that isn't, that isn't. Yeah, um, that, that guys connect about, with because it's, it's exactly. not doing the same thing. And but, that's what I always think is interesting is just like, there's so many people we know who really have really distinctive styles and I think that's the kind of apex you're trying to get to is when, when someone comes up to me and goes, oh, I've seen the most Tony piece of clothing somewhere. <laughs> you know, and you're like, really? And then you look at it and when you get it right, you're like, oh. And yeah, then you're yeah. like, oh, okay. And it's that's, that's, like right a bad, that's, that's kind of, that's like, a, that's like a real feeling of like, oh, all right, that's interesting. Even if it's something that you maybe even didn't sort of consider. Mm. And I think when you think about those, you know, distinctive kind of people that, you know, that everyone takes pictures of or that people know, within, you know, Ethan Newton, I don't know, you know, Crompo, you know, yeah. U2, whoever yeah, around, yeah. you know, Malad, like, whoever always been, it's just like, it's because if you look at him, it's just like, it's within a framework, but it's still really them, mm. you know, and I think that's, that's the kind of key. And so going back to you saying about whether you learn the rules, yeah, absolutely you do. Absolutely you go and look at the rules and you go and you study it and you read those books and you find out how everyone did it. Mm. You don't build a house without a foundation, exactly. you know, that's the thing. And, and I think that you need that. You're totally right. And, 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 and if you, you ever look at that. Absolutely. 100%. Somehow, yeah, I came I came to to learn them. Yeah. yeah. It was a sort of like subcultural kind of I education. And my point, what I was going to say was that the lack of subcultures, I think, doesn't give you... Um, the ability to have that kind of not schooling because it isn't about you must learn this and then you will you know be able to say you are into whatever you know mm-hmm. but um, I think that the lack of subcultures has has sort of given people this immediacy of, of information that, oh I know you know I know menswear now because I've you know flipped through whatever or, yeah, yeah. and that um, that where I felt I learned was when I was very much involved in I came up to London uh, about 10 years ago, 12, 11 years ago, and I was heavily involved in the sort of mod scene, the 60s sort of scene, you know, this scene that was sort of birthed years ago, um, but still had like a really strong understanding of um, just sort of dressing well and tailoring and, and clothing and that kind of not one-upmanship because it's not it's not a competition, but that element of... Oh, pushing it and pushing that boundary, and oh yeah, I'm going to have this on my news, you know, new suit. Or I'm going to, ha- I'm, I'm looking for this. Oh, I'm really into that, and that kind of like obsessive nature of clothing yeah. pushed you to learn more and understand more and look at more. And actually, um, I guess make mistakes as well. Yeah, yeah, which totally. is cool. Why? Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that totally. there is so much for for, 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 I think for younger guys in particular, whether they have to go and work in a corporate office or mm. they just want to have like a nice date with a new someone at the weekend Mm. there is a real fear around doing anything that isn't very conservative Mm. you know the amount of friends that I've got that work in the city and they'll say mate I'm really bored of my blue Mm. two button TM Lewin suits and I'll say well have you thought about maybe trying a waistcoat or a peak lapel and they're like oh I couldn't do that Mm. it's like well I can't help you I literally can't help you because yeah it's tied in but also the way people buy clothes is they're not getting that they're not getting that from someone else as well Mm. Um, and I think that the kind of role of the people in charge of yeah the people yeah. selling them clothes I changed. totally agree with I think you. that is the other thing it's just totally. like you, I think you when it was much more like independent shops it's just like people who worked in like record shops and clothes shops and stuff were such stalwarts of the culture were mm. such like guardians of like what of that and that's just the way people buy things now it's just like mm. that element is gone. gone and like when I worked in, when I worked for Grenson and customer facing, you'd have these guys who come in who just they just and they were like looking at the shoes. And you, oh, what's the event for? I'm getting married. Oh, of course. So, what kind of thing are you thinking of? I don't know. 
and like, well, have you got the suit yet? Yeah, I've got this suit, and I'm not sure, and I don't know what shoes. And, and you're sitting there, and I, I used to think, why the fuck is whoever sold you the suit not have gone through this with you? Yeah. Why are me as a shoe seller the one going through you, telling you what tie will look good, and what kind of thing you want to do, and what kind of colours will go with everything? That's not my fucking job. Yeah. That's the guy who sold you the suit's job. Yeah. You know, but of course it hasn't, because they bought it in All Saints, or they bought it in wherever, and it's yeah. just like they probably didn't even speak to well, they probably bought it online. I haven't spoken to anyone. And so it's just like that role of actually the kind of um, cultural and com- and commercial role being being similar being or, having, or yeah. being combined yeah. is, is completely gone. Yeah, there's the palette. You know, and it's only the there palette. at that kind of level of, say, yeah. bespoke or, mm, or yeah. something else, but it's not there ready to wear anymore. No. So how do we help our guy out then? What's he, wh- where does, what's he got to read? Where does he start? Jesus. Yeah. I think it's a hard one, really. I think everyone is... You would hope that everyone is an individual and does not need to have a sort of checklist of things. But I think I think anything um, to do with clothing, it really is about going in search of it. Your, when you go in search of it yourself, you just be be interested. Be, be kind of like, sort of like a sponge and wanting to... To learn, you know, pick mm. up pick up a magazine. If you see something that someone has talked about, or potentially, you know, now with Instagram and and, and all those sort of other channels, it's it's amazing at what you can just pick up from people and what they're talking about. Yeah. You know, go read that blog or pick up that magazine. Mm. Yeah, it might be in French or whatever, but look at the pictures or you know, you just sort of put your tentacles out and try to sort of amass and, and I. I guess there has to be a kind of a rallying cry here because you you have to be brave if you want to really get into clothes and understand clothes. I mean, the amount of mistakes I made when I was, what, 16, 17 and just starting to get into Mm -hmm. tailoring. And I remember I had a pair of made-to-measure trousers made that had a 14-inch rise on them. Yeah, man. And they were literally, (laughs) they were like scraping my ribs and you couldn't sit down in them and I couldn't eat in them. Why and would they you ever sit down in fourteen? You know, were they flat front? No, they were they were uh, f- uh, twin forward facing pleats. Yes, twenty inch. Yeah, yeah, twenty inch hems. They were. Yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine that. Uh, they were. They were not sexy trousers. Um, but you have to learn. You have to kind of allow yourself to experiment and learn those things, and not be afraid to go into the office wearing a different colour shirt to everyone else, mm, totally. or not be afraid to try a new suede jacket on a Saturday or try, try pleated trousers or whatever. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think... guess that was what it comes down to. It's just like 90% of men don't care and don't want to know and have got other problems True. and other things and other things to worry about. So we've got to assume that anyone who's listening to this podcast is one of those is people who, who is engaged and is that. So it's just like, it's not for everyone. No, obviously, no. it's just like in the same way that like, you know, you don't like like when you get into, uh, when you, you kind of meet people who do, oh, you spend so much money on clothes, you spend so much time thinking about clothes. You're like, everyone has the one thing they are. Yeah, you, know, totally. you care about your car, you care about your scale electrics yeah, kit, whatever it is. It's just like every, every man, you know, fishing, whatever it is, every man has a you know, thing that they takes up a sort of inordinate and probably unhealthy amount of their like Brain's brain capacity. Brain capacity. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Some yeah. channel it in different ways. It just, just happens you know. to be this, you know, for me. Mm. And um, and so and so yeah, I mean, putting the hours in, you're right. It's it's, it's graft just in terms of, of of learning. And I do think you have to have that foundation. Mm. You know, and 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 you can't, you know, you can't run before you walk. You do need to read those books and 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 like find out how other people did it. It's like um, if you like a link to an education, it's just like. Yeah. You know, the bachelor's degree is is, is 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 you kind of actually researching everything and finding out how other people did it. And then your master's degree is like then applying that to a new theory yourself. In other words, your own kind mm, of look. Mm. And then you maybe go on and do a PhD. I yeah. think it you was know, helps, which is which yeah. is peer-to-peer, you know, other yeah, people that's, judging that's it. The and other, being, that's exactly. the point you know. I was just about to come on to, actually, I think, is that, um, you know, when I was growing, getting getting into clothes and stuff, I had people to share it with yeah i had a huge crew of you know guys and girls who were both as equally as interested in clothes Mm. and that is something that is it is really valuable you know if you don't it's harder if you're atomized and you don't know that community create quite a it's hard for you to to feel confident in your choices you know i walk around in like a cake when i was like 18 I went and had like capes made like Mm. short little crop ones tailored you know match my suit (laughs) that kind of thing i was banging yeah but um, you know, 
my other friends were like, yeah, okay, I see where you're going. But like, they were always ribbing me and stuff. But mm. it was like, you know, that was what I wanted to do. But I mm. felt, I felt kind of confident enough to know, yeah, just well, you know it. what, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And this is kind of where I'm at. And yeah, I might look like Rat Fink or whatever. No, <laughs> no, what was that? What was that cartoon? That kind of bat cartoon? Oh, anyway, 60s bat cartoon. Anyway, no. yeah. bat I digress. No, yeah, is it bat Fink? My wings are like a shield of steel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of like back think, but anyway, that's, you know, I'm now like downplaying my like steezy case. <laughs> well, so, all right, well, this, so, so this is, what do you think about the mod scene kind of now? Is it, what, what how does it yeah. exist sort of still now? I mean, or? in terms of like that scene, you know, I, I was heavily into it, obviously. I had like, you know, that's, I got into clothing really, and my, mm. you know, in answer to your first question really was how I got into it was through scooters. I got, a, when I was 16, I saved up and I, um, and I got a little 50cc vintage sort of Vespa mm. and then got uh, got into a, a scooter club. They took me out to little soul clubs, that kind of thing. I, I learned from them what they did in the 80s when they did the whole sort of mod revival thing, which was a sort of like late 70s, 80s sort of movement mm. from the sort of early 60s sort of thing. Um, but yeah, there was all these different fractions in these sort of um, revivals, you, as you say, but um, they... Now, I mean, yeah, it's... I've moved away from it, you mm. know, and I, and I think I've sort of, much like I think what you're saying about kind of like understanding yourself and wanting to refine your own style, I started to notice that, no, okay, I'm... I, you know, I, I used to have really tightly, you know, Italian cut trousers and yeah. I was really, you know... Proper drain pipes. Not some proper, proper tight, but, you know, very, very cut, like neatly cut. Mm. And I started to notice, well, actually, yeah, what about a little bit of a wider leg? And then I started to really get into that, you know, as you mm. do. And I think that has, that's the beauty of clothing is that you start to... You may not always move so far away from your camp, but you kind of go out on little mm. adventures and find. And then sometimes you might go, no, I'm going to settle somewhere else. And yeah. I've sort of... That's the way I've done it. So I've sort of left that scene. Well, that's kind of what I like about you. Yeah. I was going to just lead on to something I wanted to say because I'm selfish. Um, <laughs> Naturally. What I like, Scott, is that yeah. you are the only person I know who has a scooter and a motorbike. Yeah. And are kind of equally sort of invested in both as cultural yeah. icons, as it were. Mm. And it's just like... Because they're always pitted you know as there's the a kind, as, uh, as opposite yeah you know, yeah polar yeah, yeah. Opposite yeah. Kind of yeah. dualistic which kind of thing just which me. is funny because yeah. it, and also and i think that that kind of cuts through your style as well because mm. there's so much 50s and 60s and 30s sort of influence mm. there and they sort of they you know if you were listening to someone who does know the rules they say that that wouldn't work and yeah contradictory, which is what it sounds not. so restrictive of, yeah. of that scene you know and that was through until i was like you know 22 23 i was into it and then i sort of went this is too i can't breathe enough you right. know yeah. and not to downplay what i was into because it was everything but it was it was it didn't allow yeah. me to kind of like you know, take a breath and, and mm. go, let me just try this. And, and also kind of like meet different people that were equally as interesting, but maybe not quite into the thing that I was into. You know, yeah. I've always been interested in, in people and, and their stories. So, And then where, where how did that lead you to, to, to kind of found your, your brand, Scott Fraser Collection? Where does Scott Fraser Collection come in? So that comes in around the time I was at university. I was doing sort of... Um, creative advertising and design and there I it was really a response to there was a few people I knew like John Swanston and Charlotte and they were doing the bat they were making some bags and there was a few other people that were like making stuff in in London or England and and I felt it was like really interesting and do you want to pull the blind down to you are you all right yeah, it's getting hot. Is it, it? Is it, yeah. I should explain, it's listeners. Up. We are we are sat in my abnormally hot. It's normally freezing. Shut Little that studio, door. studio it, instinct. Right? I'm not gonna break yeah, it. no, it's fine. Just wherever works. It does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's let's just, go too far and see if it works. The studio's uh, studio flat's falling apart, listeners. But it's, oh, it's my, brilliant. It's my little little sort slice of, of slice of home. Little violins writer's <laughs> den, freelance journalist writer's den. Love there it. we go. I know we're all like laid out on like shades. Yeah, yeah, so this yeah, is, yeah, we're, yeah. we're actually Smoking all wearing togas. Feed me that grape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sorry. Yeah, uh, where was I? Uh, you were at university. You I was at university. Yeah, I, yes, correct. Yeah, just getting England. stuff made. And naturally, I was I was just looking for a bag, and I decided well. I've always been getting stuff made for myself. My dad and uh, used to take me out where I, you know, I grew up in Hong Kong. I was born there. 
I moved I moved back to England when I was about 14. So oh. as kids, he would just go and get his stuff made and we would go along. And, and just was, the ability and the then. knowledge of how you can just have stuff made. You know, you don't have to go out and buy it. Not, you know, and that's, it's great to be able to go out and buy stuff, but there was something about the the ability to just, to go and do that and how fun it was to sketch and he would sketch stuff out and I would watch him and be like, whoa, my God, or like, he dyed, he once dyed my clothes. I had needed yellow clothes. It's like totally digressed, but it's so weird. Yeah. He dyed my clothes with turmeric powder because I needed some yellow clothes for like a costume. But like just that kind of creativity of like being able to change your clothes or like just move around and sort of respond to the situation was was where I kind of learned to start the brand. Mm. Um, and and anyway, started, I, I uh, designed a bag, had it made in London. And then from there, I just went, well, why don't I try to do, you know, some shirts or why don't I try to do, a, you know, a jacket? And I found little kind of workshops around town. Some worked, some really didn't. Some were really expensive. Some were just, it just wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Um and I just learned and, and asked people. And, and then from there, the collection has grown. I've honed the sort of skills of where I find the fabric or where I get my patterns cut or, you know, where I get stuff made. Mm. And um, luckily enough, I found great places in London, also in Italy. And it's sort of growing to, to a place where, you know, now I do it full time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very thankful for, for being able to do it, you know, but having people around to talk to, you know, I'm constantly sending pictures to Tony on WhatsApp. Yo, look at this. Do you like this? And, you know, it's a good, it's a good way to get a sort of parameter of, of things. So sharing clothes, I think is very important and, yeah. and being able to kind of put it into the mix, throw your chips on the table and, and, and kind of get people's, uh, opinions. And I also love the, the point, uh, and I think it's worth touching on, actually, that you, you that, that point of your father's creativity with the turmeric yeah. powder, that's awesome. That's yeah, really man. Cool. Like, I, yeah. But guys, again, I think today don't realise that actually, you know, if you can't find what you want or you want to experiment with something and you can't access a made-to-measure or a bespoke tailor, yeah. you know... Which the, is the, cost, you know, which, it's, yeah, it's which is prohibitive yeah, for a lot totally, of guys. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, you, you really can just get into the vintage scene. Yeah. I've, and just for the last few months, I've, I've, I've picked up a really unhealthy habit. I haven't been on eBay for years, oh, and I've got, really got back into it. And the amount of, like, <clears throat> excuse me, old made-in-England tweed jackets yeah, that yeah. I've picked up yeah. and just got altered. Yeah, and this th- is the thing. That makes such a difference. Mm. If, a, if a guy wants something a bit different, get, get on eBay, get down the vintage markets. There yeah. are so many great alterations tailors in London. That's the most, I think, the most essential thing about clothing is if you have an alterations, per- if you have a good alterations person, mm. it's like having a good mechanic or an electrician, electrician or a plumber or, mm. it's the, or a hairdresser or whatever. It's those bare essentials. And Absolutely. that, it's the person that and knows you. And shoe repair. Yeah. yeah. And... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But like, totally agree. I think, I think that's the best the best place to be. And actually, you can change so much, um, mm. and you can experiment so much, and not for a lot of money. You know, you can really, you can really search around and 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 learn. Yeah, you know, it's great. Yeah, it's really great. Let, that, that's awesome. I really enjoyed that. I think what we're saying to guys: be brave, experiment, learn the ropes, immerse yourself. Mm. Um, let's let's broaden this out a little bit. What what's going on in the industry at the moment that is interesting to you? What brands are doing cool stuff? Are there are there guys you're looking at who you think, yeah, this isn't the same as everyone else? What's out there right now that's worth a look? I mean, I've got um, I go through like stages of like being very obsessed by certain looks or mm. a feeling or a you know an attitude of, of clothing, mm. and I think that for me it comes just very you know it. it it will come out of nowhere. There'll be a brand that will just do something for one season that I'll just be like, great. That's, you know, that's incredible. You know, Levi's vintage are always interesting for the storylines and, and clothing for me. But then you, I go and look at places like Joseph and the, you know, there's detailing, which is just so subtle yet beautiful. And the the finishing, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty big fanboy of Drake's. Yeah. As who isn't. isn't. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Drake's, dear listener, is a name that you're going to get very used to hearing in this season of Handcut Radio. Almost everyone I interviewed referenced the brand at some point. 
Clearly, it's captured something in the men's style zeitgeist. I'm hoping that as the podcast continues, I'll be able to find out how. For now, though, soak up what the brand is doing, because it's clearly got a lot of people interested. But, you know, I like the the way that they're sort of playful with what they do. Um, You know, then there's the sort of like the foundation levels, the Armani's, the kind of like... But then also going back into the archives of Armani's and things. But there's so many different places. I don't really normally hold one one brand or one, one person as my thing for that moment it's very kind of schizophrenic where i'm just like oh wow oh, oh, oh. yeah you know but i that, guess that again that's kind of the fun of it right yeah, yeah yeah and, and and instagram and all of these sort of you know these platforms make it so great to be able to to take it in also very dangerous because you are constantly taking stuff in and your threshold for quality or finishing of of the final product that you're looking at needs to be so much higher especially as a brand you know i'm finding that you have to really you utilize much more time in order to kind of like refine every bit of output that you have, even mm. to the behind the scenes videos and things like that. You know, it gets to the point where it's it, it's quite interesting to see the hunger and thirst for it has sort of got intensified, like concentrated, needed. You know, they need they need more. You know, the proof needs to be higher. But mm. um, but yeah, no, I mean a mixture, people, Ooh. yeah. Tame. I mean, I guess, yes, yeah, same kind of thing. You get, you, you know, you do the rabbit holes and you do the kind of, you, you know, you get stuck in these little trenches for a little bit and then you kind of, and I think the idea is if you're trying to build a kind of permanent wardrobe or you're trying to build a kind of something that has some sort of sense to it, you can allow yourself to do that because because it's kind of like would all fit into like a hole. I think it's harder to do that when you're kind of like... Putting all your eggs in one basket, you know what I mean. I think it's nicer once you kind of know your framework and you know what what works for you, then you can kind of go down little little digressions and kind of put it back in and make it work. Mm. That's it. You've got 120 years of modern menswear, really. Yeah. You know, I mean, of things that look like they make sense that you can wear. Anything beyond that, obviously, kind of doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, go for it. Go <laughs> with, yeah, man. Anyone. Go yeah. for that. I love that. Cool shoes. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, yeah, but, um, actually, yeah, but, big swashbuckles but, uh, on the front. Yeah. Oh, are you? But, um, but, you, yeah. but you know what I mean. It's like you've got you've got all that. So it's just like you should kind of be able to do the kind of obsessive rabbit hole things for a bit and still make it work within what you've got. Yeah. And I mean, it's like I think I've said this to you the other day. Actually, while drunk on a bus. But it's just like <laughs> if you if what you're wearing you can't make work without putting a Stone Island jacket on top, then you've missed a point. Yeah. It's like the whole point is you should be able to make things work with something else as well. Yeah. And you've got this like whole history to be able to play with. It's just like don't get stuck in like you know one kind of bit of it. Yeah. Be able, be able to have the kind of macro, you know, the the, the vision above it all to to be able to kind of see it all how it works. And that's much more interesting to me. Going back to the subculture things, much mm. more interesting to me the similarities between things and maybe the differences. Yeah. You know, it's so much, it's so much more interesting to me how how a shirt from the fifties will sit with something from the eighties that will sit with something from nineteen ten. You know, and and, and 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 then, and then just trying yeah. to you know, and then trying to make that work, co- you know, coherently is 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 kind of like is is what's of interest to me. Yeah. So buying contemporary stuff, you know, people like Kamashita, you yeah. know what I mean. Obviously, really, I, I feel like that's something that's really a lot of it. And the suiting maybe necessarily isn't for me because a little too contemporary. But the shirting and stuff like that, and just the color palettes and everything—it's just mm. like that's to me is like pff, mm. modern, but classic. You know, yeah, yeah. it's that so, timeless element, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Which and, is like, the, but but I, I always right. think with Camachita in particular, it has a sharpness to it that I yeah. love. Yeah, and I I am guilty of always putting on. I'm that guy. You you guys will know this old menswear maxim, but for for anyone listening that doesn't. They always say, you know, you should put your, your clothes on in the morning and then look in the mirror before you leave and take one thing off. Mm. And I'm always the guy that won't do that. And I'll just walk out with one thing that I don't need. One extra bit of fuss or one extra yeah. bit of, of... But also uh, that's what makes you you. Dandyism. But, yeah, yeah that's but cool, I, I hate yeah, it. But I need to get better interesting, at it. Yeah, it's an interesting point. But I, my, I think the thing for me is I always look at Kamashita as a brand and just go, yeah, that's like, that's a shirt, a t-shirt and a pair of slacks and it yeah. doesn't need anything else. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I definitely, there was a point, I, you know, going back to Drake, sorry, I don't want to do you out of sales, guys. But I stopped wearing <laughs> stopped wearing pocket squares maybe like a year ago, a year and a half ago. I was just like, 
I can't imagine we're putting Pocket Square in it. Yeah, it's really. funny, isn't it? That's it's just like, because it's I, just like, to me, yeah. it's just like, I, it's too much information. When I look at myself with a tie and a shirt and a jacket and a Pocket Square, Which I'm, is like, a sort of I'm a like, God, get rid of it. Yeah. You know, I just like, just, but that's to me, you know, I'm not to say I'm probably, but, but, you know, exactly. I mean, I, I'm kind of quite into the honing it a little more and, yeah. and kind of keeping it a little more like... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a little more trim, shall we say. Uh, th- there seems to be a, m- a move towards that right yeah, now. I think I, I, I was talking definitely. to another friend about. I, I've I've called it British trad. Mm. Uh, hashtag British trad, everyone. Uh, but I think uh, like <laughs> that's that, just the point of these podcasts is to try and get that trend. Yeah, that's a movement it? now, everyone. Yeah, go out, go out and spread it. <laughs> Basically, get um, on that hashtag thing. All right. Yeah. 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 Um, but you know, like it's the kind of you know I don't know why, but in the last three four months, I have obsessed over Prince Charles. Mm. I have obsessed over Prince Philip. Probably due to to a lot of actually Timothy Everest's work in, in dressing the crown, mm. the first two series of the crown, mm. and some of the clothes in that which are stunning. Wait till you see season three and four, kids. Uh, yeah, there is <laughs> yeah, no. It's yeah. unbelievable. Inside, inside. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there does seem to be that move back to really classic. You know, there's something effortlessly cool at the moment about a navy double-breasted blazer with really yeah. nice brass buttons and a yeah. really good pair of like beige cavalry twills. Yeah. Uh, or grey flannels and yeah. like quite straight you know I'm into rep strike ties at the moment yeah. I'm into plain white pocket hankies I'm really into line ties again like ties with a bit more structure bit, yeah, a little, little bit a yeah. little bit more feel to them uh-huh. I, I mean this goes to something I mean everything's kind of especially with suiting I feel everything's very cyclical I think I've been talking with this a couple of people lately, but mm. it's just like I think it's inevitable that structure's going to come back in. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, everyone's really going to. So. I yeah. think everyone's getting going to get a bit sick of the kind of you unstructured, know, uh, unstructured yeah, yeah. Italian Neapolitan kind of like simplicity I've of it. Everything looks that. like it's falling off you. Yeah, man, yeah. you for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you out. Yeah, uh, and but, but and there's other people. Hashtag other people shoulder around. pads. Hashtag, hashtag shoulder pads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like you know, I think and I totally agree. I think I think that like maybe. Culturally, it's funny, but yeah, maybe like the crown and the, and the uh, the suiting and that has got something to do with it. And then also, um, I'm really interested to see what they do with uh, the Elton John, like Rocket Man, yeah, biopic yeah. coming out. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously, he was wearing nutters. nutter. You yeah, know, he was yeah. he was nutter. You know, obsessive. And also other things like Mr. Freedom, like for his uh, that kind of seventies. Uh, leisure wear that he was wearing, you know, it's going to be a lot of that in it. And I think, I, I think people are, I think people are looking at that kind of seventies lux and eighties lux thing. You know, you talk yeah. about Armani as mm, well. Yeah, I think, I think people that's, are really looking at that again. At the yeah, moment. yeah, yeah. And I think it's going to be, ref, I think that's going to be like a bit more reflective of what people sort of see themselves. Richer, fuller silhouettes, so yeah. not being afraid of a bit of structure and totally. a bit of fullness, totally. and, and maybe texture over color. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely see a lot more. Definitely not monochrome, not in that kind of com way, but like definitely like single color outfits with, with different, different hues. hues yeah. yeah, yeah, and then also and also different like you Just know I, the, te- the return of like Terry Towning polos and like you know those those kind of things and like everything being, being a bit textural and a bit mm. like mm. Uh, tactile. Yeah. And I think that's probably again something about that not being online and that not being about something at remove it's just like you see yeah. clothing you want to yeah yeah yeah. yeah forever yeah, yeah. feeling upgrade. people up you know yeah. I do think actually that, that yeah. men, menswear you know as, as I think I t- it's interesting that, you, that we all seem to think the same thing but I've been saying and actually writing for a little while that I think you know it, it, there's almost an anti-pity movement right now mm. in menswear and I think for a guy sort of who, who wants to really immerse himself it's it's so it it comes back to what we were saying at the start. It's so not about the kind of faux Neapolitan look for me right now. It's mm. about a richer, softer, textural, tonal. Because if you look at if you look at actual people in tables, if you look at actual you know Neapolitan tailors and like the old boys, they don't look like that anyway. No, they look they again look effortlessly like like they're in their environment, and that doesn't look like something. Put on think, an artificial, yeah. and I think, and 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 it's just like it's become exaggerated, like everything else. But, yeah. but it's even that kind of you know Gianni Agnelli Caraccini yeah. look, you know, that everyone goes to. But you know, yeah. that's a grey flannel suit and a white point collar shirt, yeah, or silk shirt. I think he used to wear, and a really nice navy tie. Yeah, and that, and it's like it's it's kind of as British as it gets, really. Yeah, within a certain framework. Well, you know, Neapolitan suits or English suits with the. With the shoulders, with the shoulders taken out, yeah. and taken out for the weather. It's just like everything's kind of the same. Most Ivy League clothing that, like, you know, the mods used to wear was 
imported English clothes being worn on campus and yeah. you know on the, on the east coast of America. Mm. It's like everything's kind of everything's kind of from the same sort of place. Same watering hole, but it's yeah, you know, it's just it's, way it's you just take how it you it. wear it and, yeah. and the context of you know what you do with it. Mm. So what I, I think let, we can start to just wrap up a little bit, but I've got a couple more questions. Mm. Um, I guess it would be nice to hear what what's next on your horizons. Uh, by the time this podcast lands, you will have a Scott Fraser collection suiting well, yeah. capsule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That will. That is. The, yeah, I was there this morning in the factory, collecting everything, um, running through all the checks, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's that will be the first first venture into tailoring as such, um, all made in London. And yeah, it's exciting. It's a big. A big step for me. I've always wanted to do a suit. You know, I've been a big suit fan for forever, and um, yeah, this is the move. This is the move towards it. Interestingly, yeah, you know, the the sort of Armani suits of the sort of eighties and nineties have kind of pulled itself in. There's a little bit more structure in the in the shoulder pad after playing around with kind of having a very s- sort of stingy, mm. very soft Thin, shoulder. Yeah. I've mm. sort of gone. With a little bit more, a little bit more of a kick on the on the on the edge of the shoulder, but you know, not something that's so full and kind of like hanging um, hanging you up. But um, but yeah, there are those influences definitely. So that's that's a big big movement for me, uh, and and then con- continually just playing with knitwear. So you know, working in Italy, I, I go there every month, making more um, more designs, pushing the boundaries of the factory that I, I sort of work with, and 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 just trying to kind of hone. What I desperately am, am obsessed, hundred percent obsessed by, yeah. um, with a huge archive and stuff. You know, trying to push that a little bit more um, and bring a book out about vintage knitwear, about sort of the history of Italian American knitwear in in, in uh, specific. Awesome. Sort of around. Well, that's what I love, Scott. Is you've really you found something which which very rare in this day and age. Is you found something which kind of hasn't been. Exposed hasn't or, been exposed, yeah, the and the, the you know the uh, the rock hasn't been pulled up and looked at mm. because it's just like everyone everyone knows those that knitwear those shirts you're talking about, yeah, but yeah, no yeah. one ever really called them by anything. It was just kind of like you know the kind of the good fellas shirt fellas or the yeah, like the, you know yeah. the kind of like the thing that you saw but you didn't really know what it was like. And oh, so everyone so. used to try and try and get their you know by like wearing smedleys or t- yeah. t- trying to kind of like do it but all find them like vintage, vintage but, you, yeah. but you didn't really know what they were and where they were or where they, they were, were or what, yeah, exactly. or the history of them and was, the cultural really. significance of them I mean this this knit shirt is yeah. so rooted in like American uh, identity from the late 50s through to through into the mid to late 70s you know and yeah. the whole of Motown were kind of kitted through yeah. with yeah. all of those but then you're going into sort of like film stars and the Rat Pack and yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. then it moves over into Italy, but it's just mad how kind of and then Jamaica because it is just a massive part of like the imported yeah seventies like Jamaican culture and dancehall culture is that knitted shirt it, totally, well. totally. It's just amazing how how it all how the story kind of unfolds, and mm. I'm still learning, and you know, and I'm still writing it and still documenting. You know, I've got three hundred pieces that I've been I've been uh, shooting. Yeah, so. Big collection. Very I, cool. When I get into something, I collect it. So I'm kind of one of these sort of like me, d- just yeah, obsessive. And yeah. and I think that's one thing about menswear is you you do have that kind of obsessive nature, regardless of the scale of obs- mm. you, know, you don't have to have 300 sweaters just to be into clothes. But you know, it's that kind of that's your thing. That's your that's your bit of the brain that yeah. you, you yeah. end up putting so through. Don't be afraid to go towards it. Yeah, don't. It's not a beast, and you're not going to be like you know ostracized by people. You know, just. Just jump in, you know. Cool. Ask questions. Learn. That's it. Tony, what, what's mm. occurring with you? You've brought the Timothy Everest lookbook with you today, which is I cool. did, yeah. Um, yeah, we're doing uh, work. I, I work with those guys, um, for, you know, five days a week, kind of in the, in the store and then also like on kind of content stories and a little bit of, hopefully a little bit of direction and stuff. And um, um so yeah, carrying on working with that. Nothing to do with me, but our film department is, you know, always really exciting to kind of work with them on like uh, watching what they're doing uh, and like and, and and hearing about what projects we have coming up. So, you know, everything from like Bond. Actually, the problem is I can't really say a lot. And then the, you know, Crown <laughs> yeah, and everything from and stuff like that. Everything to oh, and you're not going to bleep. So that's always you know. And then also just. Working a little bit with various people. There's a magazine in France called Etiquette, which um, a couple of my friends have 
uh, really good friends in Paris are like involved in, and it's it's to me it's kind of what's really been missing in terms of like going back to like an authority or a kind of you know some kind of like presence. It's something I think that's really it's very much based on the individual, yeah. and very much based totally on agree. people's on on taste rather than um, that kind of aspirational can't really grasp it kind of sense. It's yeah. much more based Club. on kind of like yeah. this is how, and so it kind of reminds me of uh when we used to look at like free and easy in those japanese magazines and how it was kind of seemed like a, you know it seemed like so mysterious and strange it was also kind of based on these like street style things and then also going back to like the 80s with face and id and how much it was kind of rooted in club culture and like kind of street culture mm. and so I'm, I, you know i really i'm really enjoying kind of working with those guys awesome it, it uh, is a phenomenal magazine actually and, yeah. the, and the next oh, issue so next so issue is london so this you've been involved when, in when's that, that dropping that is in march um, oh, is it? So yeah. it'll be out by the time we're out, people. Yeah, ho- hopefully. Get the London issue. Yes, yes. Find a few, and then and learn to speak and learn to yeah. speak, uh, learn to read French. But you know what? Damn. I would say I got the first issue, and I uh, cannot speak a word of French. I am terrible with languages. Yeah. Um, uh, but I ju- just flicking through it, I found the art direction really refreshing. Yeah. I found the shoots incredibly refreshing. Yeah. There's some gen- there's some great clothes in there. Like I'm I'm not very good with jeans because I've got massive legs and I'm paranoid about it. But I, I flicked through, <laughs> I, fl- I flicked through. If only this was on YouTube and not. Yeah. <laughs> you sit there but wearing I'm... a pair of drain pipes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. literally no room in the room because of these legs. But I I flicked through the magazine. I'm gonna get to it. I flicked through the magazine and I immediately wanted a pair of acid wash jeans. Yeah. You know, it's just stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it's just yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I really liked about it, so if we can we get it just down so it doesn't just turn into an advertorial, um, was that like on the product pages, there was stuff which was worn. Because it's so yeah. many times when you see people on shoots, it's just like they're where everyone's wearing, the models are wearing brand new clothes. Cool, and it's just so obvious. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, it reminds me, I don't know if you remember, Iconic for me are those all those Ralph Lauren ads. Oh man! In in the eighties, you know, and uh, up to the kind (laughs) Um, of early nineties, where everything feels like it's been worn. Yeah, yeah. The focus on the shoes and creasing, and 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 you actually feel like the guys living in it. We're living in it. Yeah, and 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 you don't you don't see that at all in kind of advertising and in advertorials and in and in lookbooks anymore. That kind of sense because obviously someone's just walking into a room putting it on them and getting their picture taken. Yeah. So using the kind of like model's own clothing and then also even in the product shots having a, some new belts with belts that have been worn or bags that have been used and got stains and, you know, stuff on them. It's, that's, that, that's really yeah, good. That trend that you were sort of saying about taking away that polished, you yeah. know, neat pockets, that kind of identity. Of, it's the, well, actually, this is real, you know. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's sort of pair it back. Let's be a little bit more, you know, mm. a bit more free with it. Wicked. Mm. All right, I've got one, one more cheeky question for you because it brings us back around to the start. I wanted to ask, um, we, we've touched on uh, partner-repelling menswear and those pieces that, that, that the other half isn't, isn't terribly keen on. What, what are those pieces at the moment for you guys? What are you struggling with? Well, as a, <laughs> what, I mean, in, in specific? Yeah. What, what, oh, what, how you... long have you got? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there is a list, there's a list what? of banned items in my house, which I think you know, I've talked about before, which is like, I, there is a list of... My natural pull is to dress older than I am so obviously for my wife who doesn't necessarily want to be married to like a septuagenarian you know (laughs) it's like she obviously is like listen can you just maybe wait on the half moon glasses or wait on the like so yeah there is a series of things that are bad but the things I am able to sneak through this sort of impasse are incredible to me like I do have at least three shades of sort of ready salmony orangey cords, you know, oh, which is something yeah. we totally associate nice. with like older people. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, <laughs> and and those kind of things. But I think it's like um, I'm very lucky. My my wife's actually a, a clothing archivist and, yeah. and, and curator, and um, and is actually speaking at a conference today on 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 this. Nice. So it's like this is that's what she does. So so she has an understanding. Mm. She's collecting archive pieces as well as mm. I am. So she's like hunting for like, you know, old um, Moogler pieces and old, you know, like old um, vintage Saint Laurent stuff as well. So she has, so there is a, there's a kind of, I'm, I'm got very lucky and very kind of like grateful the fact that she kind of understands yeah, she, because she, she shares so. it, even though it's different. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you cool. know, But it's the same kind of approach. 
But yeah, I'm always winding her up, and she says, "You are not going out like that." You know? <laughs> bucket hats. I've never been. Popular. Oh yeah, I'm like hat. quite drawn to it, but I don't yeah. have the head for it. But um, <laughs> yeah, there's a few bits. I mean, I've got, I with collecting vintage clothes, I naturally am drawn to the oddities of it, and the there's this one piece that I just picked up, which was this faux cow skin bomber from the 40s, which is naughty. Oh, like I love. Absolutely amazing, but just not. She's not cool with it, you know? Um, you know. But that's fine. You know, we don't always go out together, so uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sneak, but you know, the, out the house. Yeah, things like uh, the one thing that, and I've learned from her, which I'm very proud to to, to say, is that she she steered, steered me away from beige or those sort of tones. And being quite fair and blonde, um, uh, I kind of look a little bit washed out or insipid, as she says. <laughs> um, and so from that, I've learned to, for myself, because the colour beige is great and, you know, people wear it really well. Mm. But for me, unless I'm rocking a sort of late July, mid-August tan, as you know, it, it's, it's not, not it allowed. doesn't work for me. Um, so that's sort of that's sort of eradicated, but I, I'm, I'm fine with I'm fine with that. Thank you, thank you, Becky. Totally good. <laughs> well, guys, um, I really enjoyed that. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, you're welcome, thanks for that. Very nice supporting this new experiment. Um, I, I you've given me a lot to think about, yeah. I'm sure, you've given the, the listener a lot to think about as well, which is great. Um, it just remains for me to wrap up. Well, there we are. That's all we have time for this week. Handcut Radio will be back next Wednesday, as always. Between now and then, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Handcut Radio, or you can email me on alex at handcutradio.com with any thoughts or opinions on the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review the podcast. It helps other people to discover it, and it boosts our ratings. Uh, it goes without saying that we really appreciate your support. The podcast is produced in collaboration with Birch, a London and New York-based creative agency. Check out their work at thinkbirch.com. Our theme music is by Joe Boyd. You can hear more from him at This Is Joe Boyd. Finally, thank you for listening, and we'll see you this time next week.